0: So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the fertility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God because of their willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them because of their hardness and insensitive of of their heart, and they, the ungodly, have become callous and unfeeling, having given themselves over to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their desires may demand. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If, in fact, you have really heard him and have been taught by him, Just as the truth is in Jesus, that regarding your previous way of life, you've put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires, and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new self that is renewed, created in God's image... In the righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude. Um, before we get started, I'm going to pray one more time and. Um and then we'll get started. Uh, Father God, we just thank you again for this day. We thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and powerful, God. We thank you um, that you give me words to speak this morning. Um, God, this is your word. And I pray, Lord, that each and every person here um, will receive it. And God, that they would be encouraged and refreshed and renewed when they leave this place today, God. We thank you for this, all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, So, I just want to talk a minute about kind of how this came about, this message. I've been chewing on it for a little bit. Um, It started when I started having these thoughts that were causing me anxiety, causing me fear, causing me worry, and I'm sure as humans, we've all dealt with these kind of thoughts. Um, But I was having a conversation with one of my good friends, and um, it was probably a couple months ago, and she she actually lost her, her daughter, um, at her daughter was, I think 20. Anyway, she had been dealing since that she had been dealing with some, um, issues, just some, some thoughts that she was talking about how she just couldn't get out of her mind. And, um, at the same time, I was also, also dealing with some thoughts and I started just, and this was just really causing her some, you know, some, like I said, anxiety and worry and fear. And I was just, One day I was praying about it because I wanted to help her out, and I just didn't know. I mean, I was dealing with them with myself, so I didn't really know how to help her. And so one day I was praying, and I um, started just really feeling bad for the thoughts that I was having because I was like, I'm supposed to be a woman of faith. I'm supposed to, you know, have it together, and I do not like having these thoughts. Well, right then when I started praying that, God reminded me that, you know, because you start to feel like, do I even have you know, God in me, do I have, you know, what I'm supposed to have? And He reminded me that day that I have the light inside of me because if I did not, I would not be able to recognize the darkness that was trying to overtake my mind. The light inside of me was exposing that darkness. And so I was very um, just grateful that He reminded me of that that day because. We all need to be reminded of that um, because the enemy definitely comes after our minds and our thoughts. And so that's kind of how this came about today. So I started studying. Hopefully this will encourage you. I want to start out with talking about our mind for a minute because in verse 23, it says, Paul says, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And as I started reading that, um, I saw that our minds have a spirit, And I read this while I was studying. I came across this. It says our mind has what we call a mindset. It doesn't just have a view. It has a viewpoint. It doesn't just have the power to perceive and detect. It also has a posture, a demeanor, a bearing, an attitude, and a bent. And what we need to know is that we are born with minds that are hostile to God. By nature, our minds are self-worshiping and not God-worshiping. And when I say today, when I say the word renew, I want you to, to know that it means to replace, to make new. And what are we replacing? We're replacing our old way of thinking with a new way, God's way, seeing the way he sees, thinking how he thinks, taking your carnal minds and replacing it with the mind of Christ. One version says continually being renewed. That, that tells me that it's an everyday process. It's not just a one-time thing. We have to choose it every day when we wake up because the enemy starts as soon as we wake up. Um, If you think about, you know, the greatest commandment is what? That God has given us. It's love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So it makes sense. The enemy is going to go after the one thing that's going to keep us from doing that. So today I want to go over two things. Uh, One, why we need our minds renewed which I just explained a little bit of it, our minds are hostile to God, so they have to be renewed. And two, how do we renew our minds and what does that look like? So uh, first I want to look at why do we need our minds uh, to be renewed? Let's read Ephesians just 4.17 again, just to be reminded. It says, So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the fatality of their minds, I just don't think I'm saying that right, uh, foolishness and emptiness of their, of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self banished from the life of God with no share in it. That is because of their willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is within them because of their hardness and insensitive of their hearts. Sensitivity, goodness gracious. Okay, I'm gonna get together. Um, so, without our minds being renewed, we would still be walking around with spiritual blindness, not able to see the truth. And I'm thankful when I had the thoughts that I had earlier. I was, I knew the truth. I knew that those were not from God, and I was able to, uh, you know, stop them right there and not entertain those thoughts anymore. We would walk around and be no different than this world, excluded from the life of God, living for our flesh and being a slave to our desires. One of them says in there that um, they, were, they were given over to the desires of their, of their flesh. But the renewal of our minds is the key to our transformation. Romans 12 two, which we, uh, most of us know, it says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good and pleasing and the perfect will of God. John Piper said, transformation is a profound blood-brought, spirit-wrought change from the inside out. When I think of transformation, Transformation. I think of a butterfly, and if you study transformation, you will see a lot of comparison to butterflies, Um, and it's it's a very good example. But I have a little butterfly butterfly story. So every year at Luke's preschool, they um, buy like a little kit so that the kids can experience what it is to see the butterflies. You know, the caterpillars turn into the butterflies, and so the kids get so excited about this. And at the end of the school year, we that you know they turn into butterflies and we let them go. Well. One time, I think it was, I don't remember how old Luke was. Every morning he was so excited. That's when I was still working there and I would take him to school and we would go and look at the butterflies to see if they had turned into, you know, butterflies yet. And so one morning I went in there and there was blood all over this. It's like a little net thing and it looked like a crime scene in there. And I thought, have all these butterflies, like something got them? Had they died or, and I I was like, how am I going to explain this to Luke? You know, Um, he was excited about them. Well, and then we, we look closer and we see all the butterflies. And I was like, I did not realize that that took place when when they were turn, you know, coming out of the chrysalis to the butterfly. It looked like a crime scene. And I was like, that's so true about us. We think, you know, we forget that to, for God to do something beautiful in us, it isn't pretty most of the time. But it's necessary what has to take place. Um, we have to put our flesh to death and that's not going to be pretty. And somehow... I thought about this morning. I was like, somehow something's so weak. I mean, your flesh is weak. Somehow, even in its weakness, it's still powerful. And I, I, I just, I'm just blown away from that, that it can be weak, but also powerful in the same, at the same time. What does that transfer? But, you know, we serve a God. And I thought about this after I was uh, remembering that. He sets us free from that power. We don't have to live in that power um, of sin, Uh, What does that transformation look like second Corinthians 318 says we are being transformed into the same image of the Lord The Ephesians here that Paul were talking to and you have to remember the Ephesians were believers He was speaking to believers and trying to encourage them not to be like the unbelievers. So we need this encouragement Uh, They had experienced transformation. They were once like the Gentiles just like us And transformation means no longer walking around like the world. It's a heart, and it's it's a heart change and a mind change. What keeps me most grounded in my faith, and I was telling somebody this the other day, is remembering who I was before Christ and knowing the transformation that happened to me because that's what keeps it real for me because I know there is, you know, you're the only one that knows your thoughts. So you know the work that God has done in you. And that's what keeps it real for me. Only God is capable of something like that. Romans says we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can discern what is the good and pleasing will of God. And a lot of people can get caught up, what's the will of God for my life? Well, I can tell you the one thing that God's will is for you is to, for you to have a sound mind, to not be caught up In your mind and have your mind torment you that is not the will of God he wants us to have a sound mind just a peaceful mind in verse 27 Paul tells the Ephesians don't give the devil an opportunity an opportunity to do what have you go back to your old ways and you better believe just as God is pursuing you so is the enemy and you better believe just as God knows your weaknesses so does the enemy that's why it's important that our minds be continually renewed. So let's talk about how that happens since we've learned why it happens. We're going to talk about three things that helps us, and what I found helpful, just with God, what God's been showing me, um, helps us have our minds be renewed. These are three spiritual disciplines, and I put the word discipline because it's things that take work from us, that can help keep our minds on him, uh, let's read verse twenty again. Go back to verse twenty. It says, "But you did not learn Christ in this way. You did not learn Christ in this way. You know the truth, unlike the Gentiles who have been blinded blinded by their own hardness of their heart. So, how do we know the truth? By knowing the one that is the way, the truth, and the life." so the first one is we must be a student of christ if we're gonna have the mind of christ we have to know what that looks like like anything you learn it comes from studying and when i was uh praying over this and and studying i thought about an apprentice the dictionary describes an apprentice as someone who is bound to serve another for a prescribed period with a view to learning an art or trade if you are an apprentice, you are going to spend that day with that person learning from their every move, studying their every move, trying to put yourself in, that, in their place. How, how would they think about this? How would they handle this situation? Uh, Dallas Willard says discipleship aka apprenticeship, to Christ is the status within which the process of spiritual formation in Christ-likeness runs its course. The result is growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Apprentices are to learn a skill from their master to pick up the skills required to do what the teacher does, and the same goes for the disciple which we are called to be. A disciple is someone who follows and is a student of a teacher the disciples were called were called to follow Jesus and when they did they were able to see him love pray serve heal rebuke worship the Father and so much more by learning Christ their minds were being renewed and they were growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ just like the Ephesians minds were doing now we don't have Jesus in the physical but we have his word and we have the Holy Spirit So, the question you can ask yourself today is Do you see yourself as a student of Christ? J.C. Ryle said, or I think I'm saying that right, says, He that would be conformed to Christ's image and become a Christ like man must be constantly studying Christ himself. I'll read that again. He that would be conformed to Christ's image and become a Christ like man must be constantly studying Christ himself. Do you allow the Holy Spirit to continue to reveal the truth to you? Now, don't get me wrong. The truth is the truth, and it will never change, no matter what the world tells you. But what does change is the world's view of truth, which is thrown on us every day. So we have to make sure that our minds are being renewed so we don't become blinded to the truth. Even after spending all this time with Jesus, Jesus still had to ask the disciples this question, "Who do people say I am?" And after some answers, he quickly followed with, "But who do you say I am?" This is a big question because it's a big part of our minds being renewed is knowing the truth. That's a big part, and the truth of who we are and whose we are. Satan's biggest weapon is feeding the world, it's feeding the world lies, lies about who he is. Who God is and and lies about who we are and that is why we must study Christ until we see him face to face and continue to let the Holy Spirit renew our minds He does this by reminding us of the truth of Christ and who we are in Christ So we need to study Christ and then the second thing we need to do is identify with Christ and when I came upon this one Just with everything that's going on in this world today, I was like, God, I don't know if I can do this one justice, because I feel like this needs to go way deeper. Um, But this is just what he has, you know, showed me on this. Uh, Christ came as one of us. He identified as human. He took on our sin, guilt, and shame, and he did that so that we could identify with him in his death and resurrection. As we read earlier in Ephesians, it says because we have learned Christ, we have learned to take off our former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and to put on our new self. Well, what does our new self look like? It looks like the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Uh, Go with me to Colossians 3, uh, starting in verse 1 through 10. so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immortality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger and Rage malicious behavior slander and dirty language Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him It says for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God Paul calls for us and all that have been all that have been raised with Christ to have a new mindset they said, you once were like that. Now you've, are, God's transforming you into his image. So you should put to death all of your old ways. And he calls you to, to have a new mindset. We are now called to have a mindset of Christ, his attitude, his deposition, his temperament, his way of thinking and feeling. Why do we think there's such an attack on people's minds and on their identities today? It's because we were made to identify with one person. One person and that is Christ. When we identify with him, his joy becomes our joy, his love our love, his peace our peace, his strength our strength and his truth our truth. And as we do that our minds become like his. Like Galatians 2:20 says it's no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live in the faith and live in faith in the son of God. Um, the more truth, I like when it says, well, I go back to, and back in Ephesians, it says starting in verse nine, it says, do not lie to, or no, that's in Colossians, sorry. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with his practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. So as the Holy, the more the Holy Spirit reveals to us, the more our minds become renewed. And as our minds are being renewed, the closer to Christ we become. So in order for us to identify as this new person, Paul tells us, we must seek the things above. That's what we read in Colossians, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. We must set our minds on things above and not on earthly things, which is number three. If you're like me, I know that the more attacks that I'm having on my mind, it's usually it's when I've allowed myself to set my eyes on earthly things and away from him. And we are told here that we should set our minds on things that are pure, lovely, commendable, things that are praiseworthy. And as we do that, God will guard our hearts and our minds. But we have to keep our eyes On things above the only way we will have peace in this world if our minds are dependent on him on God I have been guilty of taking my eyes off of him and placing it on other things And that is when I begin to deal with thoughts that I know are not from him And you also have to know what your mind can handle And what it can't you know, my mind is different from stephen's mind what he can handle It's different for me. So you have to know what your mind can handle Um, I've started asking myself this and it's it started to help a lot when I start to have thoughts that I know are not of him I start to ask where are these coming from? Like I want to get down to the you know where it's coming from And I start asking myself questions. Have I allowed things to take me away from God? And to be honest, probably I don't know 95% of the time that I have thoughts that are not from him. It's because i'm tired I need rest Stephen always says, don't quit on a Monday, because you're going to be tired. You're going to want to quit then. So do you need rest? Am I trying to handle this on my own? So these are questions that I have to ask myself when I start having these thoughts um, that I know that are not from him. And thankfully, we are not left to do any of this on our own. Everything I talked about today is only done by the power of the Holy Spirit. When it comes to learning the truth, the truth that keeps our minds being renewed, we learn in John that God sent the Holy Spirit to teach us all things and remind us of the truth. In 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us that the Spirit searches everything. Even the depths of God and those without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to Him. He's not able to understand it. Just like the Gentiles, it said the Gentiles' minds were darkened. We read in Ephesians that the Ephesians had been transformed by the renewing of their minds by what they had learned about Christ. Have you ever wondered why so many people can read the same word as you, said under the same message as as you, but still doesn't know or can't see the truth? It's this right here. They are reading and trying to comprehend with their natural mind, not their spiritual mind. Verse 14 says, but the natural man does not accept the things, the teachings, and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is incapable of understanding them. But the spiritually mature Christian judges all things, questions, examines, and, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals. When it comes to identifying with Christ, Romans 8.16 6, 8, says, the Spirit himself testifies together that we, with our spirit that we are God's children. When you are reminded that you belong to Christ then you are reminded of the life, you now live in faith in him and it's no longer yourself. So as I close today, I want to go back over three things that will help us renew our minds. So number one was we must be a student of Christ. And I thought about it. I mean, look at Jesus. He was a student of his father. And Luke, when he was younger, we, you know, we read that he was found in the temple listening and learning about God and he told his parents, didn't you know it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? It's so important that we are about our father's business. That we know it's necessary to be in our father's house. That it's necessary to be in his word. Because y'all, if we don't see that as a necessary part of our growth as a Christian, then we will be very it will be very easy to become darkened in our understanding again. Paul says in Philippians 3 8, more than I More than that, I also consider everything to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Number two, we must identify with our new person, or our minds will keep going back to that old person, how they thought, how they would handle a situation. If we allow the Holy Spirit to remind us of who we are and who God is, then our minds will lean towards the mindset of Christ. I think, and I mentioned this earlier, I think identifying with God um, is hard because we know our thoughts and we know the holiness of God. So we kind of think, well, how can I even get close to him if I know my thoughts and the holiness of him? But we forget is God chose us even in our sins. He knows exactly what we're thinking all the time and he still chose us. Every day he continues to choose us. We must keep our eyes on him is number three. And I know this, you know, you even see signs and stickers, keep your eyes on Jesus. But we need the reminder because of how easy it is to take them off of him. I'm going to end by reading Hebrews 12.2. You want to do that, Andrew, if you want to go ahead and come up? It says, Hebrews twelve two. it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Father God, we just thank you for today, God. We thank you that you chose us even in our sin, that you continue to choose us, God. So I pray that each and every person here today will just um, allow the Holy Spirit to come in to renew their minds every day. It's a daily process, but I thank you that we have not been left alone in that, that you sent the Holy Spirit to remind us of the truth, to remind us who we are and who you are. No matter what the world throws at us, no matter what truth they try to uh, change, it's not going to change. The truth will remain the truth. And God, I'm thankful that we know that, that you have placed that in us to know the truth. And God, I pray, Lord, that as we seek you every day, seek to live a life pleasing to you, that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit, that we live a life that is pleasing to you. I pray that each and every person leaves here, God, feeling your love, your presence. God, that you will continue to do a work in them, a new thing in them. God, you know their heart. You know their desires, God. I think that you each and every person, um, God, you will meet their desires. You will meet their, their needs, God, because that's who you are. And I thank you, Lord, that you will guard our minds, that we will not be someone that the enemy can continue to come after our thoughts, that we can stop them and not entertain them. I thank you, God, for that. I thank you again for who you are. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for for continuing to just, that we are continually being renewed in our minds to be more like you. And I thank you for all these things. And thank you that you keep everyone safe as they leave today. And God, bring us all back safely together. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.